classic, the classic. Okay. So, yeah, welcome to episode 71. Are we going to continue uh, that trend? I, we, I guess we are continuing that trend. It's just 71 now. Fuck it, yeah, we missed two episodes. Why the hell not? And, um, yeah, me and Lucas are here. And first things first... There we go. I'm going to pour myself a gin and tonic. There we go. You know why? Because I had a good day today. I did lots of exercise. I went for a jog. Oh, nice. So I want to get, and I've frosted my glass. I want to have a nice gin and tonic. Oh, I, uh, I had a moment there. I just forgot. I, I've set up the, the the Twitch things to be the right way around. And like, oh, okay. You were confused. Oh, I forgot to put the image in so it still looked like it was the wrong way around. I was like, quick, quick. Okay, There's going to yeah. be a lot of uh, real-time production going on on the the podcast today isn't there there is today yeah why is that lucas uh that is because like part way through this stream and maybe like half an hour in roughly there's yes. a rough estimate because someone else is joining us and then we're going to be talking about one division so yeah the way that my layout is specifically gonna have to change and i'm gonna have to we've been trying to figure out before we podcasted how do we get the three-person stream to work and yeah yeah for the audio listeners um, this means nothing to you but we like we mean we're gonna have to faff around with the visuals on our thing but something that may impact people listening to this podcast after the fact on spotify mm-hmm. is that the friend who's going to be joining us to discuss one division does not have a professional grade podcasting mic no so you'll have to forgive them for that but not everybody has access to the equipment that we do this is it's- just a friend that when we were talking to them in a genuine discussion, they were like, should we talk about One Division?" It's like, well, you can join us to do it on the podcast if you want. Yeah, and they were, like, they were a really good friend of ours, and we just figured, like, fuck, yeah, we can all join um, together and just have a conversation about it. So for anyone listening live, because we're recording this live as always, mm-hmm. you have about half an hour before spoilers begin. So if you're in chat, please don't mention any, any yeah, spoilers. Yeah, and generally speaking, like, we will be doing like uh, you know a good 30 seconds warning of like spoilers we're gonna go into spoiler cast mode blah 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 so anyone yeah i'm watching on either of our end you will get plenty of notice before the spoilers start but we just thought uh you know a bit of housekeeping for that but before that lucas how you been what's up uh been pretty good well you know i started playing resident evil 2 with you like a, we recorded a bit for my my gaming channel yes and then um yeah, I've been playing a bit more of it, and I got to that point where it's like, um, okay, well, I was afraid to play this game because of like the horror aspect of it. Yeah, you're not the biggest on horror, are you? No, I'm not. Uh, but weirdly enough, it got to the point where like Mr. X, I, I think the tyrant is also, you know, is all the naming, I'm not sure. But yeah, he appears in the game, and... I always got told, like, he is terrifying and he follows you around and, like, he's all sorts of scary. He's just yeah. an annoyance. I've heard that, yes. Don't explain who Mr. X is, people who maybe have not played Resident Evil. So, yeah, Mr. X in Resident Evil 2 shows up partway through your playthrough at different points depending on whether you're playing as, like, Claire or Leon. I'm playing mm-hmm. through as Claire. So, like, you get partway through the story and this hulk of a man just, like, comes through a flaming wreckage of a helicopter crash. And, and he's just... like, I'm going to fuck you up. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to fuck you up. So, like, the entire time until you get to, like, next segment of the game, he, is he a... chases you around the entire police station constantly. Yeah, he is a pervasive, constant threat, um, mm-hmm. which sounds scary until you realise that his programming is real bad because he can't go into a safe room, can he? Uh, no, he can't go into a safe room. So there's one room that I knew was a safe room where it's like, okay, well, this is the police warden's office. 
Like, he can't get me in there. Have you done the thing yet of going into the room and then watching him peek around the doorway? No. So if you go into a that. room, like, if you go into a room that he can, he's not allowed into, he'll peek around the doorway and it's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And it stops oh, him being amazing. scary. Yeah, it stops him being scary because he um, just looks like an idiot. But the annoying part is, is that you can tell. Um, I'm not sure the exact way he's programmed or whatever, but it feels like when he's off screen, he moves quicker or teleports about or whatever. Yeah, like he'd have to do something like that because otherwise um, you'd be able to run him easily. Yeah, because essentially, like when you're running and he's chasing after you right behind you, you're about the same speed, so you can't really stop to do anything about him. Um, but I found, oh, I've got a flashbang. I'll throw a flashbang, run away, and I had to get to the opposite side of the police station to put like one USB dongle in a PC to open up the armory to get the submachine gun We've to then finish off that section. Mm-hmm. That's all I had to do was get the submachine gun and leave. I had everything else completed, but it was such a ball ache of like, oh, well, I'm right around the corner. Oh, he's right in front of me again. I guess I'll slog my way back to the safe room, try a different path, try an outmaneuver and flashbang it, run back to this section. And there was like four or five attempts of trying to get to that one room with the submachine gun in where he just kept showing up like, what are you going to fucking do? And um, that's the issue where there's a fine line between him being a threat mm-hmm. and also, just like I said, being an annoyance. And it's weird to think that the best example of scary AI was in Pac-Man. <laughs> are you aware of how the Pac-Man AI works? Uh, so I can't remember the exact specifics, but it's like one will follow you, one will try yeah. to break your path. Um, yeah. So to clarify, people yeah. who maybe, like, everyone knows what Pac-Man is, but um, it's mm. a common misconception that all of the ghosts are programmed to just follow Pac-Man, which isn't the case, because um, they tried that in early builds of the game, and it wasn't fun. Um, because all of the ghosts, fun fact, they have slightly higher move speed than Pac-Man, but they have worse cornering. So in a straight-up right. chase, the ghosts will always chase you, but good cornering will help you, like, outrun them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in early builds of the game, all four ghosts, Inky, Binky, Pinky, and Clyde, I think it is, Inky, all, Blinky, Pinky, Clyde, yeah. There we go. We're all programmed to follow you. Um, but that wasn't very fun. So what they did instead is one ghost is programmed to always go for the square that you are currently on. One mm. ghost is always programmed to be two um, squares in front of you. Mm. One ghost is programmed to always try and be two squares in front and, and then like two squares, like a knight in chess ahead. Right, yeah. And then one ghost is programmed basically to appear random, but it's re- um, it took him years to realise, no, he's programmed to be like two squares off to the, like, the diagonal away from you. Uh, which gives I the did il- always get told that Clyde was the random one and he had he's no not, real programming. Yeah, that's not, it's, it's not that he's random, it's just that his programming was so weird and mm-hmm. out of step with the rest of them that it's very hard to understand. Yeah. And once you understand that, it's really easy to like um, just uh, gl- glitch out that AI, I suppose, or um, figure out how to trumpet. For example, the ghost that's programmed to be in front of you, you can just go straight towards it and it'll run away from you. Because it's never programmed to try and hit you. <laughs> but when you don't know that, it appears that they are a constant pervasive threat. And that's like a game from the 80s on yeah. the arcade. And that's the thing, isn't it? Of Okay, it's all well and good on paper being like, oh, you can do this. But it's trying to, A, remember which one is which in real time. Mm-hmm. And then B, not being panicked enough. Because the amount of times you're like, oh, shit. Like, there's one behind me and one in front of me. Panic, panic, panic. Oh, I missed the turn. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. there is. Yeah, it's weird to think that like, one of like the most effective uses of like video game AI is one of the simplest, but simultaneously one of the most effective. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because everybody always feels like the ghosts are trying to cut them off. It's like, oh, he cut me off. It's like, he's not. He's just trying to get ahead of you. But that um, is manifested as looking like he's trying to, like, you know, they have actual um, uh, personalities and stuff. And it's great. Yeah, and it's one of the, the games that does balance well of... It's one of the few games where the AI feels clever enough, but not ridiculously like overpowered or yeah. um, just programmed to win every time. Yeah, and they have um, no real advantage over you besides the fact that, as mentioned, they can go slightly faster, but you can circumvent that through skilled play, which is like the essence of good AI. And we've talked, I've done many playthroughs where just the AI is bad. And I think mm-hmm. like rubber banding in racing games is a really good example of like badly programmed AI. Which is, yeah. oh, just in racing games, sometimes cars go faster than you. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about it. They're always programmed to catch up to you, regardless of whether or not that breaks the rules set out well, by the game. And depending on the game, a lot of the time you're programmed to catch back up with them. Like they are programmed to slow down when they get X amount ahead of you and speed up when they get X amount behind you, leaving just what is essentially like a a blob of cars in one section of the track and it, it the intention is that there will always be excitement in the gameplay but a lot of the time it comes across as cheap yeah because you just never no matter how well you, how flawlessly you play the ai will always be able to just like zoom in behind you and it's even worse in games like burnout mm. where when the ai get um, traffic only spawns around you so if the ai gets ahead they have no traffic so they get further and further and further ahead because they're basically <laughs> driving on a completely empty road, mm. whereas you're driving in traffic. However, I will say Burnout's one of the games where, especially I think back to like Burnout Revenge, where, okay, sometimes the games were completely just off, but there was a lot of times when I would beat the car on the last corner and feel fucking incredible for it. Oh, yeah. Like, when you do that thing of crashing into someone on the, like, the corner and then grinding their car court <laughs> against the wall, you feel like an absolute fucking baller. But it's difficult for games to strike that balance. And it's it really is, yeah. weird to think that like, Pac-Man is one of the games that handles it best. And you can mm. go forward like 50 years nearly at this point. And you're saying you're playing RE2 and you're getting sick of it. Like I'm, not, I'm not getting sick of it. But you can but yeah. see the strings immediately. I can see the strings of Mr. X being pulled, yeah. yeah. You can tell what the game is telling him to do, and it mm-hmm. means that he's no longer a threat, he's an annoyance. Yeah. And I don't think anybody ever said that about the ghosts in Pac-Man, unless you're one of those people who like fully understands the game, which is only like you know a rare few people who've studied it. Mm-hmm. Anyone who plays that game casually feels like the ghosts have distinct personalities. Yes, yeah. And it always feels like you can beat them and you never and it took, like I said, years for people to realise what one of the ghosts even did. Because <laughs> oh, the the the, uh, the assumption was always that his movements are random. But it's like how can his movements be random? He's a fucking program. It's impossible to program a th- the thing to be random. Well, There's always actually, a pattern to it. Weirdly enough reminds me of um a Pac-Man S game I made back in university as part of one of my projects. And like, okay. It was just a text-based thing where it's like um, oh, you're getting chased by zombies on the screen, and they are programmed in a certain way. And basically, it's just as I say, text-based, where you are a P on the screen, you're moving like up, down, left, right, and then there are Zs that you have to avoid and get to mm. the exit. And there was like a thing where we accidentally glitched our game so that the Zs were invisible, and we put it <laughs> in like scary. a hard mode. So what would happen is like, oh yeah, there's three zombies on the screen, you don't know where they are. And you don't know when they're going to get you. Try and get to the exit. But we would then show people, look, it's not unfair. I know where they spawn and I know the behavior. And did like the specific movement to get myself out. And they're like, oh, 
It's like, oh, okay, this is fair, but it's also terrifying because you're just getting chased by invisible Zeds on the screen. Yeah, it's like when you uh, play Doom, isn't it? The, the mm. 2D one, and the, your first encounter invisible pinkies. Oh, yeah. And you're like, the fuck is this? And you just run away. Yeah. So what's the enemy then that like, last took you by surprise in a video game where you're like, oh, fuck, and you just run away when you see it? Well, to be fair, like, I did do that with Mr. X. So I can tell you for me, it's the Talan Warriors. Oh, the Fucking... Talan Warriors, yeah. <laughs> That's a reference to an upcoming video on my channel. The Tal- Nobody beats the Talan Warriors. God, that was terrifying. I know. Fucking giant. They like Mr. X as well. It was big buff dudes were a they, they were scarier than Mr. X by the end of it. With Mr. X, you just realise, oh, what he's going to do is I'll get close to him, he'll take one big swing, and then his recovery for that animation will be long enough where I can just walk past him. Oh, I love that when you get to a point in video games where the main threat isn't a threat. It's like that moment (laughs) in Dragon Ball where Gohan just is chasing the T-Rex that chased him as a kid and just cutting bits off its tail. (laughs) That's that's basically a monster hunter, isn't it? Giant scary monster. Kicks the shit out of you until you learn its patterns, and then it is just, I'm going out to hunt it to get a new hat. Yeah. I will destroy this entire lineage of legendary monsters to get a new hat. Oh, God. And I, I mean, absolutely love games like that. And that is obviously the appeal of a monster hunter. And I guess, the you know, the same appeal, if not, I, I would say, a bit more harshly done in something like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah, trying to figure out this enemy and learn their patterns and just... By the time you've upgraded your equipment, learn that enemy and come back to them, yep. you're just stepping on them like, yeah. And it's, they are just no threat anymore. And it's like, mm-hmm. fuck you. I'm the I'm the champion. I do what I want. <laughs> and I love that. And that's why, that's why video games are so fun. There's no other form of media that can provide just a thrill like that. Yeah, you, you don't... can't go and like read a book and be like, yeah, man, I'm so good at reading this book now. Like, fuck this book. I guess like, if you know the general plot of it, Mm-mm. It's a different like a, feeling, though. Yeah, I know. I think you never get to the point of in any other form of media like I have mastered this. Mm-hmm. You don't get that feeling of um, uh, just gradual just um, uh, progression, mm-hmm. unless it's like a really different. I guess if you're learning a language, maybe you get something similar. Yeah, but that's, that's, that's the only. Compa- no, I mean, like reading a book as you got better at learning the language. Oh right, okay, yeah. I or maybe like as you gain um, just better media literacy, understanding something better, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I've talked many times before about the idea we need to teach people media literacy because it's real fucking bad at the moment. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, the, it, it, again, a different feeling, but it is nice to go back to a film or a TV show um, and, like, view it for, you know, a second, third time years later with more experience and go, oh, there's a lot I didn't pick up when I watched this as a 14-year-old. Yeah, like, just going back and watching something the more critical... Um, I is yeah. sometimes super fun. Have you got anything examples of that? Like something you watched not recently, but just one that sticks out to you as something you watched and just the stuff you missed. Uh, well, um, it's why my specifically why like my favorite director is probably Edgar Wright is because is every one of those movies is just chock full of things that you will miss upon first watching. Yeah, they are specifically designed to be watched multiple times. They are, yeah. And a lot of the stuff as well is um, really, it's not just scene dressing. There's, it's similar to um, Airplane uh, mm. by the Zucker Abrams and Zucker, where there is not a single wasted shot in any of the movies that that guy's made. And by that I mean is that every shot has something of value in it. And there mm. is always something in the background that is um, uh, either an Easter egg or a reference or just a suggestion of what's about to come. Oh, uh, okay, so, yeah. 
And it's similar to like the uh, the airplane movies and the Naked Gun movies, where every single shot of those movies has a joke in it. Yeah, like yeah. just layer upon layer upon layer. Those movies are relentless with the jokes. They're incredible. It's yeah. why like, we've made a video about it before of um, Police Squad, what which is what Naked Gun was based on, mm. was shit canned because people it was too funny. <laughs> uh, because it was made at a time when sitcoms and stuff had laugh tracks. And when the studio tried to do that, they couldn't figure out where to put a laugh track in because whenever they show people episodes, they laugh the entire time. It's almost as if, if you can have that good amount of writing and that level of jokes, you don't need a laugh track. You don't need one, no. And um, it was said that it was cancelled because you actually had to watch it to get the jokes. <laughs> it was just, it's like, uh, imagine like an Edgar Wright film. It's like that level. Oh, you can watch the Naked Gun films. Where just yeah. every single scene is a joke and everything is layered. So you need to watch it to understand it. So like, oh yeah, it's a fucking TV show. We yeah. watch it, it got shit canned. And I, I guess that's just kind of one of those um, things where it's just ahead of its time. And you, that's all you can really say is like, it's a shame, but I guess that's just not the way the medium was going at the time. No, and then you find out that um, Seth MacFarlane you know, the guy who writes Family Guy is um, going to be a, in charge of an Aki Gun reboot. Oh. You know, uh, Seth Sledgehammer <laughs> to crack a walnut McFarlane, like the least subtle guy in regards to comedy in the entire fucking industry, is going to write Airplane, mm. which is like one of the most subtle, underrated, understated comedies. Oh no, sorry, um, Naked Gun, which was just oh, so right, tightly yeah. written and as well relied on virtually no Blue humour. What do you no, mean by blue humour? There's no swearing. And, the, and uh, all the sex okay. and the sex references of like childish, like nice beaver. And then the mm. lady hands him a giant stuffed beaver. That sort yeah. of thing. And you got Seth MacFarlane. What does he do? Oh, fart and poo jokes, great. <laughs> just 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 fart and poo jokes. That's that's Seth MacFarlane. It's like, yeah, he's gonna rewrite. Um or he's gonna bring back Naked Gun. Great. Oh well. I mean yeah, I'm, I'm, I've not watched a lot of Family Guy in a long time, and I'm like... It's not I, worth it. Yeah, that's the thing, is the the couple of episodes I have watched in the last, you know, five years or so, I've just kind of gone like, uh... Like, it's just... Yeah. It's so mean-spirited. Mm-hmm. Like, it has no redeeming qualities. Like, none of the characters have any redeeming qualities whatsoever. So you don't want to root for any of them. So it's just you are watching a bunch of horrible people, which is essentially what um, Always Sunny is, but the point is that they're horrible and they always have their comeuppances. That's what I was about to say is that I think maybe that's why I don't enjoy something like Family Guy anymore because I've seen what you can do in Always Sunny where those are awfully written characters in a very specific pointed way. And it's always, as you say, a, a bunch of characters getting their comeuppance for being complete assholes and that's the point. Yeah, then you've got a character like Peter Griffin where he's never he never changes, he never grows, he's never shown the error of his ways. Mm-hmm. Like he's never because he's the hero of the show essentially. And it's just he's so mean spirited. It's like South Park, if you watch that. And it's really strange to see that a show that was um so not the progressive's not the word. Mm-hmm. Because like, it was just more it was like counterculture almost. Yeah. Like it and it was so shocking. And like you know, against the grain, and now it is culture. Like it's just yeah. a part of it, and it's so strange to see them try still to act like they're not part. Like oh, they're still trying to make these 
um, uh, 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 what's now observations and stuff and act like they're on the fringes of what pop culture is. It's like, no, the owners of this show, the writers of it are worth half a billion dollars each. <laughs> they're collectively worth almost a billion dollars <laughs> together. Yeah. And like 40. I guess that's just kind of something that happens with almost any successful thing though, isn't it? Eventually. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, it's always sunny. You can be writing stories about people, but at the end of the day, like, yeah, like um, Rob McElhenney and the rest of that, the creative crew, I've gone from being, like, young people with no money trying to get something started to probably fucking, like, multi-millionaires themselves. Yeah, and it's uh, really hard to stay grounded in a um, situation like that. But I will and always... some people do seem to manage it. Um, yeah, I know. And that is one of the cases, but... It's, it's whether they manage to stay grounded or not, like, definitely shows, but it most of them are all uh, millionaires regardless. Of course, yeah. And I'll always remember that quote you told me about Danny DeVito, mm. uh, which is, what's that one again? Just for the audience at home, because this is a fantastic uh, quote. And I think it just it sums up um, one of the key issues with, like, edgy comedy, as it were. I can't quote it off the top of my head. But, like, but you have a, you've you got know, it paraphrased a few times. Paraphrased it, yes. Um just the the thing that Danny DeVito asks gets asked why he went on to a cast when it's like oh well it's always sunny is just a bunch of like young comedians um and like you're gonna get on with that kind of that kind of crew and etc etc why did you choose the show and it's like well they are a bunch of young comedians so that's why I chose that show because I want to get their fresh perspective rather than just staying an old man stuck in his ways. Yeah. It's like, it, yep. it's like I wanted to work with young comedians who have a young comedian's perspective on comedy and how comedy has changed since my day. Yeah. And then you look at other comedians around his age who were just still doing the same tired sets and jokes and they've not progressed or changed or with the times at all. And well, still... that was um, a big criticism of Dave Chappelle when he came back, wasn't it? He's still making the same jokes he made in the 90s. And it's like, okay, well, yeah. They were very funny at the time. But this is a different world that you're coming out into and making the same jokes. It's like comedy is supposed to be surprising. Like the element of comedy is surprise. And if you're still telling the same jokes, yeah, and you're still using the same punchlines from the nineties, that's not good comedy. But like just the idea that Danny DeVito was aware of the fact, like yeah, my perspective is mired in my experiences as an old fucking man. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably work with people who are younger to see what they think comedy is and see where comedy's going to go. And it's like, oh, um, Always Sunny has been consistently critically lauded the entire time it's been on the air. And it's one of like, the best received and reviewed shows of all time. Yeah, and it, it's probably at this point, like one of Danny DeVito's even most, most memorable, memorable role. parts. Yeah. Now, I struggle to think of a role that he's better known for now. He, he's yeah, too, exactly. Like, he's Frank now. Yeah, he is just known as Frank, like, and he has been in some fantastic fucking movies. But he's Frank, mm-hmm. and um, um, I love how much he just embraces it and loves it. But instead, Carl, what you could just do is sit there and make jokes about Gen Z. You could, yeah. You could just do it that way. You could just Tim Allen it. <laughs> oh man, do you see? Like, do you see Tim Allen? He had a, t- a show that was called like Last Man Standing or something like that, and it's just him basically ranting out loud that kids today don't get it. And it got like three seasons and it's really bad. Oh, God. And you just look at it and go, oh, okay, Tim Allen, you just yell. And as well, you should never listen to Tim Allen 
because he's a fucking snitch. He he is a, a, a snitch because he got done for I think it was marijuana or cocaine. He was mm. caught with like several pounds of a drug mm. crossing the border um, in some American state, and um, he immediately snitched on all of his mates to oh. avoid jail time. And that's where you get that amazing thing of uh, Martha Stewart has got more street cred than Tim Allen. Because Martha Stewart didn't fucking snitch. She went to jail. She did her fucking time. Oh, Tim Allen. Fucking, stitches, Carl. He's a fucking snitch. Don't listen to him. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Like Martha Stewart. An ex-con. <laughs> I just... I, I never really get that thing of... I understand that, you know, getting old is frustrating and that... It's hard to understand what somebody 20, 30 years younger than you is thinking and saying and finding funny and popular. Well, it happens but, to me now. Like, we're 30. Yeah. Like, I'm 30, you're 29. The yeah. shit that I see on the internet, like, I just don't get it. But I much prefer sitting there and going, oh, I don't get it. And just accepting that rather than sitting there going, these fucking Gen Z is doing blah, blah, blah. And they, they're TikToks and they're whatnots. And it's, it's like, that, oh, the bastards. They don't understand what good things are. It's like it's the like, younger oh. generation today won't get off their ass and make anything good. They go ahead and get off their ass and make something you don't understand. It's not good because I don't like it. <laughs> oh. It's like I constantly get um, comments and questions from my family now that we're doing this kind of thing of like... Yeah. What is it that you do? Like, I don't understand. Like, my nan, when she got shown a video of, like, my YouTube channel, was like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, are you making these games and making videos of them? Like, and <laughs> I'm, dad... I wish I made Breath of the Wild, nan, but no, that... I'm not that I'm not that well accomplished. But... Is that my dad has to say anything? It's like, how do you make money? It's like, well, people run ads against my content. It's like, so do you have to do that? It's like, no, it just does it automatically. But how does that work? It's like, I don't yeah. fucking know. I don't want to ask. Yeah. Because every time someone asks that question, YouTube pays me less, so... And it's one of those things of, like, I'm not going to have a go at my nan for not understanding Let's Plays on YouTube. But in that same vein, I don't want to be that person having a go at somebody 20 years younger than me, whatever it is, you know, however old they are. And just going, like, oh, those fucking bastards doing something I don't understand. Do you see that great one as well? It was just a quote from someone on Twitter of, all millennials be like, I'm depressed and I hate my life, but at least I have these hecking good doggos. And that is the ultimate summation of millennial culture, and that's all we need. Just screenshot that, yeah. put it in a museum, we're done. That's that's our generation summed up. You know, I'm not gonna like all that. It's literally the last six months of my life since I got a puppy. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Lockdown is shit, but I've got a long doggo at home. That's all you need. It's just that is the summation of like uh, millennials' contribution to culture. It really is. Of like, oh, bitch and whine about boomers. Oh no, these Gen Z is a cool one as well. That's the one as well. Millennials might end up being the most hated generation. Mm. Because we're like one of the first generations where we're not just hated by the previous generation, we're hated by the one immediately after us. <laughs> like millennials, the most maligned generation. And the, the ones that will complain about being a millennial. Like, I I would say we will be remembered for complaining about being millennials. Oh, all the time, yeah. Yeah. All of it. It's, it's how you do. That's our legacy, Carl. It's our legacy. I will say, I know we're like we're expecting a guest soon, but I just want to say, uh, speaking of somebody in a different generation to us, okay. fuck Pierce Morgan, thank God he's out of ICV. He'll be up somewhere else, I fucking oh, know. Yeah. Well, fuck him, the, the bell end. Do you know my favourite thing about that? Um, is he always, always says, look, um, if people want to complain, they can, I'm not bothered. 
And then he got like 40,000 complaints and then immediately fucking quit. What a loser. He took two minutes of one man calling him out on TV. Just stands on leave. No, I'm I'm out. Just stands on leave. I'm not having somebody call me out. How dare you? Have you seen as well someone broke down why he hates Meghan Markle? Uh, Wasn't it because she basically like rebuted his advances at some point? He met her at a party and someone worked out the timelines and it was the, supposedly it's the same party where she met Harry. Oh, shit. And he was having a conversation with her, and then she met Harry, and then she's just not spoke to him since. When Megan met Harry. Yeah. Megan? Megan. Me- and someone's broke it down of, oh, do you know he's tweeted about her like 50 times over the last week? Oh. And it's like, if you are at a point where you're typing a woman's name 50 times into Twitter, maybe, like, you need that that meme of the cat's hand reaching out like, it's time to stop posting. <laughs> just, you, like, peers, it's time to stop. I'd... It just, really seems like he's a man that was just randomly obsessed with her. And we've all experienced it. Mm. Like, not actually, no, that's not... All women have experienced that. And um, as someone on the internet, I've experienced a snapshot of it. Because well, I've have... experienced, like, one of my friends being that guy. That's my experience of it. Oh, okay. Do you want to tell that story? Uh, no, no, no. Okay, like, I'm saying it, you can't it's tell It's a relatively that. close friend that was, like, going through some shit, so I don't want to, like, call them out or anything. Okay, yeah, well, all women can relate to that of a man just not leaving them alone. Like, mm-hmm. they give them the most limited amount of just interaction, and then they've just completely refused to um, just accept, look, I don't want to talk to you. And yeah. I, I've, as I said, I've experienced a limited version of that, just being a known figure online. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it in the past, and we'll no doubt talk about it again, but there are people who I've interacted with once years ago literally yeah. years ago, who will periodically come out of the woodwork to yell at me and all my friends Sounds about right. that about that singular interaction that they've still not gotten over. Man, that's rough. It is rough. It's rough for them. But imagine like them doing it on TV just over <laughs> and over again for years. Imagine just like, giving them a platform. giving that person a public platform on fucking like, terrestrial free television in like, peak hours of TV time. To scream. Oh, God. Like, you're just watching the unmaking of a man. Like, I kind of wish that they'd let him have the show, but they'd just air it at 4am. <laughs> just say it, just let him keep it, but he's got to be on at 4am. I did respect that ITV just was like, Piers Morgan has revi- resigned, we have nothing else to say. Yeah. I like, yeah, cool. Let's all just move past this. Like, never forget that Piers Morgan is the guy who, um, like, ate a vegan sausage roll on live TV and nearly vomited. But then it turns like, and I think it was like, that's not a vegan sausage roll. They just told him it was. <laughs> of course. Because he is the exact type of gammon that would definitely pretend he hates all things vegan. Now, he is the perfect, when you ask someone to like gammon, people don't, Americans might not know, that's our version of, I guess, like not, a, it's a male version of a Karen I guess yeah, it's, it's yeah. a word used to describe a very specific type of man. Uh, specific, and Uncle Vernon is usually the way it's described, but Piers Morgan mm. also described it of a slightly overweight, middle-aged, just angry man who doesn't like anything, and he's just constantly salty, and usually yeah. pink-faced, like Gammon. Yeah. So they're, they're pink, salty, and full of fat. <laughs> like, he is the quintessential Gammon. Oh, God. Yeah, he really is. And nothing says... Like, he was a gammon more than he can't take two minutes of his own fucking medicine. Of someone just calling him out. Yeah. He can't take it at all. And he will walk off. 
his live TV fucking show named and after quit him because one person had the balls to just sit on his show and go fuck you. Oh, it's something we mentioned before, isn't it? Of um, if you just how many people do you think will stop being such a prick if one person walked up and slapped them very hard across the face and said, shut up? Yeah. Because that, I think that did happen to Piers Morgan once. It was like Jeremy Clarkson just punched him in the face once. Mm-hmm. And then Piers Morgan refused to ever talk to him again. And it's like, well, that's how you do it. <laughs> so maybe if more people just punch Piers Morgan in the face. Yeah. That would, that would be a good solution. He, he needs a good few punches to the face. He's, he's one of those people you think if someone just smacked him one, no one would ever... He'd never like yell about anything again. Mm. It's like um, there's a couple of legendary ones of those on Twitter, like a, a boxer. Someone was giving him shit on Twitter. Mm. Uh, it was years ago this now, and he just retweeted the guy and just said, if anyone gives me this guy's address, I'll give you five grand. <laughs> Within three minutes, someone has sent the address, and the boxer just live-tweeted himself driving to the guy's house. And it's like that guy sent him like a six tweet apology. I'm so sorry. Please don't come beat me up. It's like the instant you're faced with any repercussions. Yeah. It's, it's like that. The entire premise of like anonymity on the internet, isn't it? Mm. People feel so safe to say whatever the fuck they want behind a screen when they think that nobody can ever get them. But the moment they can, you know, be tracked down by somebody or they have to meet face to face with somebody, like, Nope. Instant, I don't need this. Please, please, please leave me alone. I didn't mean it. Why are you being yeah. so mean? Leave me alone. And it's it's always that moment, isn't it? You know, like you see it in a, a bunch of like movies, and it's a massive trope of like the bullied kid finally stands up to the bully. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, I've seen it so many times in real life of someone just had enough of taking shit from somebody, just turns around, and sometimes just them turning around is enough for the person to be like, well, no. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I didn't mean it, and it's like, why? Why do you shit talk somebody or be an asshole if the moment they're standing up to you, it's like, no, 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 please leave yeah. me alone. Yeah, well, the most satisfying story about that I've ever heard it comes from my mum, uh, where mm. she used to work in a uh, children's home and like a halfway house type deal. Oh right, okay. And they once had in he's like he's like 16, 17 year old lad. He's a mm. massive, massive lad. He's like 15, 16 stun. And bearing in mind, all the so for Americans, that's like, you know, 200 pounds. Easy. Yeah. Like giant dude. And my mum is like five foot tall and um, like, I don't know, like eight stone wet through. And she worked <laughs> with a bunch of similarly built women. And all yeah. this guy would do is sexually harass and goose the women who work there. He'd touch their bums. He would like pull at their bra straps. And anytime they do anything, well, you can't do anything. Can't touch me. Can't do anything. And then one day, my mum was just in the office when he was in there, mm. and he just walked up and he just slapped one of my mum's co-workers on the ass. And my mum just like she put a pad down. She went, "Right, I'm going to turn around on my chair for ten seconds, and whatever happens, happens." She turned around on her chair. She heard the biggest slap she's ever heard. Turned back around. Went, "What just happened?" And the guy just went, "Nothing. Did nothing happen? <laughs> okay." And he never ever did it again. That's and it's beautiful. like, it's, it's rough. Like, you could say like that, probably, but at the same time, he never did it again. And yeah. he'd been like assaulting women in that workplace for months. Mm-hmm. And to the point where people were quitting and refused to come into work whenever he was on. Yeah, and we're and not just, just sitting there saying like violence is always the answer. But sometimes a good slap to the face is fucking needed. That's the thing. It's like, there's that, that's the whole premise of that like, TV show, isn't it? The slap that came on. It's just a guy slaps a kid. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> and it's like and it's like Zachary Quinto or something like that. Did you ever see like the um the, the piss take sequel to it by the Australian lads? No. Some Australian lads film like a fake sequel to it, and it's just this guy and he goes, Hoo! and he just slaps every single person at a barbecue, and then like police officers are coming, he's like, boo, boo. <laughs> but like, and he's just Oh, I never saw that, but it was like I think a channel four TV show. And it's just about a guy. Just a guy slaps somebody in the face. It's like, you can't do this. It's like, why not? Well, isn't it like he slaps a kid that's like beating him up in a barbecue or some shit like that? Yeah, he just slaps him across the face and everyone's like, you can't do that. And he's like, I do what I want. (laughs) And he's talking about all of his family, like completely betraying him because he basically tried to teach this kid a lesson, but then fucking fully slapped a child across the face, but being a child. The thing is though, we've all been in that situation like when you're in a cinema or mm. a shop it or a shop or any public situation and there's just a kid screaming. Yeah. And you just think, it'd be so easy. It would be so <laughs> easy to just pile drive this child. They would have no chance. It would be so easy, and I've had that thought in my head many a time, but the difference between me and Slapman is that I've never gone and fucking done it. <laughs> and that is a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which just that. Like, don't but, pile drive children, especially if you don't know them. Yeah, I would though 100% recommend if people have got access to the internet, just go mm-hmm. Google the slap sequel, I think it is. And it's just a, <laughs> a skit by a bunch of Australian guys. Just the sequel. And it's just every single person, like, what are you doing? He's duh, duh, like the police running. And then he's like slapping the police officers. And he's like, bam, 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 bam. Oh, God. And you have to like draw a distinction well between like a slap. And um, like a a physic like physical assault. Yes. And especially as the guy who's like being able to slap your own child, like don't advocate fucking hitting kids. No. Now we are speaking like you know this is a comedy skit in a TV show, mm-hmm. and the example I used was someone who was basically an adult. That yeah. Chil- and, um, um, I should clarify. There is every single study ever done about um, corporal punishment is it does not work. We yeah, are speaking exactly. like you know we are. In a mocking sense of like, oh, it'd be so sad, but we know it's wrong. Like yeah, every study like, ever done on capital punishment, it does not work. Positive there was a reinforcement. Of times when I was a, a complete asshole when I was a teenager, and my mum or dad would like threaten to hit me, and you know what that did? It fucking escalated it. Yeah. And it didn't solve any problems. It just escalated the problem. Yeah, we are two um, uh, childless. Um, <laughs> dickheads talking about this hypothetically i do not hate children yeah and as you say like it is proven to not fucking work Uh, every study ever done it does not work Mm. Uh, the one situation we've used as an example is like a a teenager and Mm. the other ones we've used are like four adults yeah because adults understand consequences children do not understand um uh, stuff like that they just they just begin to associate you with being hit Whereas and I'll like, say, someone... like, man, I feel really sorry for children in the world right now of, like, A, not only are they uh, basically, you know, not able to go to school and stuff, mm-hmm. it's the fact that a lot of them, like, especially, you know, the younger ones, literally cannot comprehend why their life has changed like this. It's great, isn't it? And it's like, oh, I'm really fucking annoyed, like, my child keeps acting up. It's like, you've got a four-year-old kid that doesn't understand why they've been locked in their house for a year. It's difficult. Like, it's been difficult for adults who know what's going on. And yeah. I constantly hear stories of like parents complaining about their child acting up or their children acting up. And I'm like, I'm fucking acting up and I'm nearly 30 years old. 
I've got access to every conceivable form of entertainment at my fingertips. Yeah. And it's rough and it is difficult and that's why I'm not having fucking kids. And it's why as well that um, I will joke about like suplexing children in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. But even I know that's like, no, that's a bad idea. Do not do that. It is, yeah. You've got to make sure you pile drive them. Get that proper yeah. form on the go. You've got to do it, yeah. Don't um, ar- you make sure you arch your back properly. <laughs> like suplex doesn't inflict enough pain. You've got to go for like the flying power bomb. You've got to, you've just got to go for the <laughs> flying crossbody, like in the Warriors PS2 game. Oh, from the top rope, Carl. Yeah, just like the flying crossbody, like, ah, <laughs> just all the way off the edge of a building. Exactly. Uh, it is the only. It's the only way to make sure. Oh God, that just made me think of like playing prototype, and you did like. The flying head slam off the Empire State Building. It's like, yeah, that that's the corporal punishment we need. Like, yeah. choke slam somebody off of the Empire State Building. That's what we need to bring. Down. I will. I will say though. Speaking of like power bombing children, um, have you ever been to a chill like a family party or a family event, whether like a uh, a trampoline or a um, like bouncy castle? castle? Yeah, and because you're like the big adult there, you can like just like do the full wrestling moves to the kids like, in the fun way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like that is the best feeling ever. You feel so strong. Like well, when you can do like the it's full just wrestling. Like Any time when you've got friends or like siblings or whatever, and you you always fake wrestling. And we even mentioned it like on stream not long ago, like fake wrestling on the bed so that you could like slam yeah. each other into the ground. And it's all fun and games, like as long as nobody's getting hurt. But doing it on like a, a bouncy castle, I can't remember what they call them in America, like bounce moon, houses moon, or whatever. Moon but, bouncers, yeah. yeah. Like, I still um, remember. I've not seen my nephews and my cousins in a while. Mm. But they're all like five, six, all the way, like running the gamut to like 10, 12 years old. Yeah. And I, I'm big enough to just pick them up and turn them upside down. And it's ace. <laughs> it's so fun. Like when like uh, a mutual friend of ours got a baby and he's yeah. like like two, three years. I was picking up and go, woohoo, it's the baby. <laughs> it's awesome. You can't do that to an adult. Adults don't find that fun. And if, and if you were strong enough to do that, it'd be terrifying. Oh god, it would be terrifying if I could just pick you up and just start throwing you around like yeah. But I just recall like uh, it was years ago now. But I was um, like a family event and they had I was like my little cousin's birthday. I want to say, and they had a bouncy castle and I think I was like twenty five years old. But I'm like <laughs> I'm looking at can I go on the bouncy castle? It's like no, it's for the kids. I went yeah, but I'm a kid. I'm your kid, dad. Can I go on the bouncy castle? It's like fine. But make sure you don't hurt any of the other, like the little ones. And I'm like, no, I'm gonna bounce in the middle so they fly up over the edge. <laughs> and they were loving it, just like woohoo! Oh, and um, have you ever been to one of those like playrooms where it's like the soft playroom where everything is yeah. just cushions and all the walls and floors are padded and everything? Yeah. Oh god, it's so much fun. Like uh, I adore those. And again, because I'm just a big kid, I love going on those with like my uh, my little cousins and like um, my, my sister when she was younger. Because mm-hmm. I'd like take her on all those because they're great. Well, I think there's nothing more upsetting than like I think I went to like um, a family event where it was like at one of those kids' play party arena and, places, and you, you were know? too big to go on it. So you had to sit with the yeah, adults. it's like oh, maximum age like 13 years old, and I'm sitting there at 27. Like, oh. I want, to, I want to go on that play area. It's like, I want to go into the ball pit. I do want to go into the ball pit. Because now I'm a giant adult, I can really get some distance. I can whip some distance on that. It's like when you go swimming, in it. Mm. Like, uh, or when you see, like, uh, play fighting and stuff like that, you like nerf guns and stuff, and you just, yeah. like, take it super tactical as an adult. It's great. Well, um, there's, like, a trampoline place that's, like... I think it's called like Spring City or something. It's literally just like in Liverpool, like covered mm-hmm. in trampolines. Like 
you go there and everywhere, like, the walls and stuff are just covered in trampolines. Yeah. And it's like, that's great, and it is for adults as well, but where are just the adult entire playrooms? Like, I, we need them. There's a couple of them that exist. and I've, I'm sure um, there are, yeah. And they sell drinks and stuff like that, but, like, there's just something magical about the family event. Where you don't want to hang out with the adults. Because, like, you know, like my aunties and uncles, like, they're great. But mm. I don't want to sit there and sip a glass of wine and talk about their jobs. I want <laughs> to go and play with the giant wiffle bats. Yeah. With, like, all my cousins that I don't, I only see, like, once a year. And just pretend I'm, like, fucking Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> it's like, yeah! Like, murder the children. That's, I do it every time. Just go into the middle and double lariat with two fucking um, uh, fake swords. So like, what you just go do. in, it's like, oh, hello, younglings. It's like my favourite game to play is, um, like, there's probably like different names, like the monster game, and it's mm. where you put like a quilt over your head. And it's like, okay, I'm going to be the monster, and you've got to stop me from getting from one place to the other. Oh, okay. And it's like, da-da, da-da, you crawl on the floor. <laughs> so imagine like me under a quilt entirely crawling, and yeah. then you've got all like people jumping on top of you, but then what you do is you like grab one of the legs. And start to pull them under the quilt. He's like, no, nah, the monster's got them. And it's so fun. Oh, yeah. And it's that thing as well. Uh, my girlfriend never wants to play that, and it's a shame. I want to I play that. I want to turn that into a game that I play. I'm like, da-da. Da-da. The power. God. Just the, those stuff like that is so fucking fun. It really is. And I just... I like to, uh, you know, obviously stay friends with somebody like yourself who agrees with me on that of like yeah fuck getting old and just sitting there and not having fun anymore like if i want to go and beat up a bunch of children and with like a whiffle but i'll go do it so my dad still does it like my dad is still like a child at heart like when he yeah. goes to those events like he um is fantastic like his job is working with kids mm-hmm. like he's an adoption agent for kids with special needs so like he's like amazing with children and that's all he does well like i am because Fuck it, I'm never going to have kids. I might as well live vicariously with other people. Like, I'll do the fun stuff like playing with cars. Like, yeah. My nephew has like a massive selection of cars, and I fucking mm. love playing cars. <laughs> it's awesome. And we'd like he's got like the Hot Wheels set. And I remember my brother getting really pissed off because I taught um, uh, his son how to set up his Hot Wheels set wrong, where you stack like books underneath <laughs> it and just launch cars across the room. Yeah. And, we, and we, as a joke, we were pointing it at his TV when he was watching it and just launching like little Hot Wheels cars at his TV. <laughs> so I don't care. It's not my house. It's the pew, yeah. pew, pew, pew. And like, I constantly got comments like that off my family of like, oh, but you're so good at like playing with the kids. Like you, you should have kids. You'd be a great dad. And it's like, no, nope. I am good at being a child. Yes. Like, so therefore I'm good at still playing with the children, but any of the responsibility part of being an adult, I'm fucking awful at. Yeah, if I can go with something like um, a family get-together for an afternoon, like have a couple of beers, a few like burgers at a barbecue, mm. and then just play with like my cousin's awesome like Nerf guns and stuff, and then leave at the end of the day, that's a good day. I don't want to be there helping with their homework. Yeah. That's boring. And you know what? Like To each their own, we're not sitting here slandering being a parent. You can do what you want, but it's just not for us personally. Yeah. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with either way. I just love feeling like um, like Hulk Hogan in it. Just like yeah. when kids, like when you got like covered in children, you're like, ah! <laughs> just emerge out of the creature from the Black Lagoon. So like, you can't Feel stop it, like, this. The Incredible Hulk. Oh, God. There's, there's just like nothing better than feeling like a child when you're like in your 20s, 30s. It's great. Imagine being so boring that you don't do that. 
Yeah, and imagine being not so boring that you don't do that anymore, but so boring that you get mad at other people for doing that. Yeah, how dare you have fun? I'm sorry. It's like, I get constant comments of like, oh yeah, well, you know, you're still sitting there and like playing fucking video games with your friends. It's like, yeah? It's like, oh, isn't that a bit childish though? It's like, but I have fun. I guess I'll just sit in silence with my missus and just while she's on a phone and I'm what and I'm playing Call of Duty, <laughs> which is not even what they're on about. I'll guess I'll just sit there in silence as me and the missus watch Strictly and we're both on our phone. Yeah, I guess I'll just think about taxes. <laughs> I oh, don't know. I don't know ta- what I'm meant to do other than have fun. Speaking of taxes, do you see that great thing where everyone's getting super salty at YouTube that you might have to actually pay your fair share of taxes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because, yeah, if people don't know, YouTube's got a new thing of like, oh, fuck, we realise no one's paying taxes properly. Also, mm-hmm. a bunch of people are using YouTube to illegal, illegally launder money. Oh, because really? You can, ju- you can just lie and say, yeah, I'm from one of these neighbour, all these treaty countries that America hasn't paid zero tax on anything I own on YouTube. So people are laundering money via Super Chats. Right. Just, oh, yeah, if you put all my money through Super Chats, I'm basically getting it's all tax-free. I'm oh, not paying ta- and I'm not paying tax on any of it. So it's just, oh yeah, fill in this very standard form that um, I recognize I filled what I've been filling them in for 10 years for every mm-hmm. website I've ever worked for based in America. Yeah. But yeah. the amount of YouTube that like, look at YouTube trying to steal 30% of our income. It's like, no, that's called taxes. Yeah. That's it's like it, the, the the email was very poorly done and poorly worded because I read it and it sounded like so YouTube want me to pay US taxes and no. then I take my income and pay my UK taxes. I was like, that's a bit bullshit. And then obviously I, you know, had conversations with you, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And looked it into it for five minutes before kicking off. And it's like, oh, okay, well, no, this is just a, a poorly done email. Yeah, you fill in one form and if you are from any of the member countries, yeah, um, you and you don't pay, you pay literally zero tax on your earnings. But if you're from America, because you are in America, you're paying tax on your earnings, like you should do for any job in America. <laughs> yeah, and to clarify, well, when you say pay zero taxes, pay zero American taxes and then we pay our yes. own taxes back in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not sitting here going, yeah, don't pay taxes. It's like, I just don't want to be paying for American taxes because I don't I'm not, live in America. I don't live in America. Well, the amount of YouTubers I saw throwing a hissy fit of like, what do you mean they're going to take 30% of my income? It's like, that's called taxes. That's to like be a, fair, I mean, you know, if Jess Bezos doesn't pay his taxes, then fair enough. Why should I, yeah. Why should I? <laughs> but it's one of those incredible things of, what do you mean I've got to pay um, income tax? It's like, yeah. Like everybody else. If you worked in a supermarket, you'd pay 25% income tax. Yeah, and it's like um that weird thing, isn't it? Just, the one that always gets me of you know speaking of like tax avoidance and shit is like Rockstar Games, the people who make fucking GTA and the most profitable game of all time. They get tax like allowances. They don't pay any tax, and our tax goes towards giving them funding for game development in the UK. Yeah, and I'm like, why am I paying for the funding of GTA? when they're making billions of fucking dollars all the time from it. And that's why the system needs an overhaul. Yeah. But it's just that really... Because I got sent a bunch of messages, did you know about this? It's like, yeah, YouTube emailed me. Like, oddly enough, YouTube... E- like, when the people were sending me screenshots of YouTubers sharing an email from YouTube, did you see this? Yes, because I got that same email. 
Yeah. Oddly um, enough, I got that email too. I've, I've had a certain person pop up in chat for us, guys. Oh, okay. Our guest is ready. Our guest is ready. Okay, so how's this going to work? It's going to be a nightmare. I can't uh, wait. So we'll give, give, give us a minute. Um, I'll tell you what. Like, I'm going to clap now for the audio version so we can cut this out Spotify version. But okay. keep on Twitch, bear with us. But. So for audio listeners, we'll be back now. And this is your spoiler warning. It is indeed. Uh, we are here with our friend Charlie. Say hello, Charlie. Oh, no, I've got chips in my mouth. It's fine. <laughs> just Perfect introduction. Oh, no. Just professional as always. Well, this is your warning for the audio listeners. If you've not watched WandaVision... Or you're not, or you're bothered about spoilers for it. This is your chance because we're going to start talking about it momentarily. Um, are, yes. Don't bitch at me on Twitter that you spoiled. I, I couldn't have given more warning. Yeah, we've we've like named everything like one division spoiler cast. We've given you a good minute to click off the podcast now. Like we're going in, we're going in. Okay, so uh, Charlie, as the guest, thoughts on one division? Ah, it's fucking great, right? Like, um, no. I'm currently trying That's to it, done. my camera, but yeah, it was fucking great. Done. <laughs> I guess I guess you know the podcast there, it's alright, isn't it? <laughs> Lucas, yeah. thoughts on One Division? Um, so thoughts on One Division are I think it was incredible as a Wonder and Division story. As part yeah. of the greater MCU, it did a little less than I would have liked. But that was probably because we were all losing our minds with nine weeks of speculation and fan That's theories. the one, yeah. Is it that it's not as wide? Um, well, as impactful as you thought it would be or is it that you got lost in the hype probably the latter yeah and how many people have you seen who were just salty that insert crazy ass fan theory that was never going to happen didn't happen yeah like this oh. didn't explode the entire fucking MCU up and people are whining about it ever ever since that fucking Evan Peters reveal um, I've been saying you know what, this is fun and it's great and all, but it's probably a red herring. And lo and behold, it was literally a boner joke. <laughs> of all things they had to do with it, a fucking boner joke, man. Oh, man. That was rough, though, because when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. That's actually done. Because if you mm. remember, guys, years and years ago, I, um, on this very podcast, discussed a theory I had about how they were going to introduce X-Men to the MCU. Mm. And it revolved around the snap the snap from Thanos um, causing mutations in the um, in society. And I was thinking when with that Evan Peters reveal, there it is. It's the same, same concept, but they're doing it with Wanda's powers where Wanda's powers, they even say in the show, Oh, it's changing your DNA. And you know, they didn't use the word mutate because that'd be too on the nose. And then they did nothing with it or seemingly nothing with it yet. Yeah. That yeah. Maybe right. nothing. Yeah. But um, I am wondering, obviously, because they um, with Monica Rambeau, that her powers came from going in and out of the the borders, and like she did put those like the borders did enclose on everyone throughout the entire town. Yes, it could still happen. It could happen, yeah. And it seems to be that's what the case is, where you have um, uh, um, Kat Dennings saying, "Look, it's affecting your DNA." So everyone in that town presumably had their DNA affected, and we've seen Rambo has powers. Mm-hmm. Like she very clearly has powers, they just didn't want to lean too hard into it for you know just reason story reasons of just mm-hmm. closing the the wonder arc. Yeah, I wonder if um, maybe Rambo's powers have actually come from her going in and out as opposed to being in it. So like all the Westview citizens, right? They they've been in it from the start, mm-hmm. and so they haven't had that that agent of change almost. Whereas Rambo has gone through the 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 hex border like three or four times or whatever it is. 
Yeah. So and each maybe time it's, it's had to rewrite her DNA to like make her fit. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's one of those things. And I'm not sure what it's going to be because I was um, thinking, or at least I had the assumption that, oh, that idea I had a while ago of the snap is mutating people's DNA was going to be done with um, Wanda's spell. But that doesn't appear to be the case. And Luca, I almost spat right. out my water. Because <laughs> yeah, Luca, we need to talk about something now, and that's something me and Charlie have been silently giggling about in the background for a while. And that is Vishon. Have you just sent me? So no, don't look, don't look, don't look, don't look. Okay. Right. So in chat right now is and me, but Charlie, tell Lucas about Vishon. So, so for a long time now, for like many films, um, the the black community have taken superheroes and then like. Uh, sort of giving them like a black spin. Uh, okay, and I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if I'm just saying that the wrong way, but, um, you know, it, and it's always amazing and hilarious and like triumphant. And, and it's, uh, been, the, the latest, it's been happening for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. like, you know, there's there's the one, the famous one of Captain America with like the long nails and like the braided hair, just being like, it's passed me the tea, Bucky, and stuff like that. And um, the latest addition to that is Vishorn, who is just fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Black Twitter and it's has done it again and said, fuck it, Vision's black. He's half Wakandan. He's made of okay. Wakandan vibranium. Vision's black. Deal with it. He's a, he's a black superhero, which led to the creation of Vision. And people are now just photoshopping Vision and Wanda to be black. <laughs> uh, which led to the creation of the image that I just sent to our chat, Luke, because if you'd like to look at it and just describe it to the people on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so... Lucas, what is it? Uh, so it's an image of, you know, Wanda uh, with good old cornrows in. <laughs> Excellent cornrows. And then uh, it's Vision with like a blue do-rag and then uh, just a gold chain and a gold watch on. And it just <laughs> says black love. <laughs> People say, fuck it, Vision's black, deal with it. And my favourite thing is... They are oh, now God. saying, oh, black vision is like the regular vision and then the evil white vision <laughs> is the super racist one. <laughs> because that vision, that I don't know what they did to white vision, but he looks so racist. Yeah. Uh, he looks so, he's just constantly, there's something about the way he's just sneering in every scene he's in. Mm, yeah. And people are taking that shot of white vision and just saying that, you know, when he's just sneering, it's like, oh, that's white vision when he sees you seasoning his chicken. <laughs> it's white vision that, at the BLM protest, like it is looking at them all. It's, and if people draw any comparisons of like you know black vision, it's like you know good family man, always invited <laughs> to the cookout. And they draw that picture of him like grilling. Is that oh picture of him God, grilling? Yeah. It's like yeah, you know, he's like you know good dad, great at grilling, like swag levels off the charts. And it's just a picture of white vision. It's like oh, um, swag levels non-existent. Probably went, <laughs> probably stormed the capital. Um, has questionable posts on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's so good. <laughs> and respect to fucking Paul Bettany, because seemingly the actor that he was saying he can't wait to work with just turned out to be Paul Bettany. <laughs> so I don't know if either of you saw the interview where he was talking about like, oh yeah, I finally got to work with an actor I've wanted to work with for basically my entire career. Oh, was and acting- just an incredible actor. And it was seemingly just himself. Uh, acting against himself and it's just great <laughs> just white vision man just oh every, just everyone photoshopping just a vision into like photo like the million man march and stuff like he always been there <laughs> it's fucking I love it because you know somebody out there is super mad about it when it's like this is a moment of fun it's like when people draw Goku black 
Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, fuck it, Goku's black now. And I'm hoping that Vision gets added to that legendary image that goes around um, on, like, Father's Day of let's just celebrate um, <laughs> black fathers in media. And it has, like, Uncle Phil and Piccolo on it. And now we can have Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking no, Piccolo and Uncle sure. Phil. <laughs> the pantheon of strong black fathers. It's Piccolo Vision. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Oh, and I love it. That's like one of the best things come out of that show so far. Because I lost my shit when I saw that. Oh, God. Well, so, you know, just favourite thing about the show, then, if that's what we're going with. Uh, easily the um, the 1950s bit. I really wish they'd stuck that out for a couple more episodes before the drop of that, before the reveal. Because I was all in for just a complete non-sequitur. Fuck it, here's a sitcom that's not explained, starring Vision and Wanda. Where it's like, I dream of genie sort of thing. Mm. Like, I would have fucking been 100% on board with that. And maybe if they'd done that for a couple more episodes. Like, I adored um, every single one of those. Where it's like them, you know, the first couple of minutes of each episode. Where it's just, oh, here's our take on a specific genre. Mm-hmm. And I think the only one that really fell flat is when they try to do, like, The Office. I've got a feeling it was trying to be Modern Family. Maybe Modern Family. Like, you know the, what I mean? Like, the... Um, the pseudo faux documentary yeah. style of talking to the guy. I thought that was the only one that didn't work. Um, I think it the 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 time it mainly worked for me was that last bit where it's with Vision, and he's having a chat, and like they're stuck in traffic, and he's like, "Wait, why am I here? Why am I doing this interview?" <laughs> so good. What about you, Charlie? What was your favorite moment from the whole series? Um, I mean, like the Evan Peters reveal is great, right? And that that was, was that was just the whole thing, and like actually. That's the reveal that turned me from being like, well, they're clearly just doing this weekly to sell more subscriptions to, oh, no, wait, actually, this is engineered. Like, you know, they want people to talk about this every week. They want they want to leave it on a moment. And it just was a great moment, right? And, you know, everybody yeah. I know spoke about it and, like, speculated, and it was fun. Yeah, if that, if that would have been a show that you could just binge in a weekend, half the moments in it would have been lost. Yep. Mm. And oh. one, of the, one of the great things that I saw... Um, one of the discussions about WandaVision was like people now getting mad about the idea of a TV show. It's like <laughs> yeah. streaming has been so ubiquitous for not even that long, but it's, it's been so ubiquitous. And it's like the like the way people universally consume media now. People mm-hmm. are legit getting angry at the idea of a weekly TV show. Getting yeah. pissed off. It's like, oh, what do you mean I've got to wait a week for another episode? It's like, you know, to let the thing sit. <laughs> they want those reveals to sit. They want you to spe- sit there and talk about it with the person you sat next to, which I did. Yeah. Like me and my girlfriend, like she, her mouth legit dropped when that Evan Peters moment. She just went, no! Yeah, same. No, no, the mo- yeah, she couldn't, she like proper, just like fangirl, like, no, what does that mean? Like, I don't know what it means. I watched the same show you just <laughs> did. I have the exact same amount of information that you've But what do you think that means? Like, I don't know what it means. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that was incredible. And as you say, like, it is has kind of been lost of, like, that weekly discussion. Because otherwise, when a show comes out now, you know, Stranger Things, for example, came out, <laughs> and the only thing people are talking about is the ending. Yeah, you binge it in the weekend, you kind of lose like the little moments throughout the series, and it's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't want it to be the way all media is consumed, but if it's the way Disney wants to do it with the amount of money they have, yeah, um, I'm happy for like these super high quality, well produced shows. It's like one to drop each week because it's it's actually been helpful during lockdown of just having something to frame a week around. Oh, it was like every. Would too. 
Yeah. Every Friday, me and my girlfriend would get a takeaway and we'd watch RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's what I do. I just get a takeaway, watch WandaVision. And actually, what, what happened for the past few weeks was I, I ended up playing some games with some friends and we'd, we'd just be like, okay, cool, half eight, right? Because that gives us all time to finish work, eat, watch WandaVision, what? jump into a party chat, start speaking about it and playing some games. And it was like, you know, it was a great Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about you, Lucas? What's your favourite moment or moment that stuck out? Uh, not moment, but just favorite part of the TV show in general mm-hmm. was just Agnes, just like Catherine Hahn's performance. She was chewing the scenery in every fucking scene Everything. she's in, and I, it took me a moment to realize, like, who is she in Parks and Rec? Uh, uh, Jennifer, yeah. is it? I think, I think because she's in, and it's like, oh wow, she's one of those actresses who's just been in the background for decades, just everything she's in is solid gold. She yeah. she has a sex scene in Step Brothers, and it's hilarious and ridiculous. Oh, is she like the wife? Like <laughs> she, the repressed the, wife? She, yeah, she's the one who... Um, Holy shit! Yeah. The one who ambushes yeah, him in the toilet. Oh my god, yeah. Like, again, she's just, want, she's just been in the background quietly yeah. doing... She's like... One of those Game of Thrones actors, and you're like, holy shit, this, they're great. Why are they not in more things? And you look at and go, they've been in everything. Mm-hmm. It's just they've never had a starring role or a moment to shine, and this was hers. Mm. 100%. And just, yeah, as you say, just gnawing on that scenery. And that's why, like, you know, I was searching for WandaVision gifts, and there's more gifts of her than there are of fucking, like, Wanda and Vision. And we did need to talk about how much fun it's clear everybody was having on that show. Oh yeah. oh yeah, like Paul Bettany has been having a fucking like every single promo <laughs> shot of like the one of them on the swing, oh, and it's like yeah, or because um, I'm really looking forward actually to the making of that's coming out. Yeah, the making of they, on Friday really right? good as well that they do for their shows like the Mandalorian one was great. Because okay. they've already they shot so much just um, extraneous footage for like the intros like the Malcolm in the Middle one, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. which was incredible and the. Um, how do you feel about how they contextualize that in the show? Oh, that it was all her like trauma and like the the sitcoms she liked growing up. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. Ha- like it was fine. Like uh, it it was it was a nice way to round it off and kind of make sense to it all. And then you yeah, see, like, it does him. give a good reason for like why her trauma has been centralized around a TV show that keeps changing. The most baffling thing for me is though is that technically Disney owns Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. They own Malcolm in the Middle, and I was baffled that after that episode of One Division dropped, that's not when Stars dropped, yeah. and they just give you the Malcolm in the Middle box set. Because <laughs> I, I watched that to watch it afterwards, and, and Disney own it, and I was baffled. Like, why did they not just put that alongside the dropping Stars mm-hmm. and just say, "Oh, you've watched One Division, why don't you watch Malcolm in the Middle?" Because I was hankering to watch Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, everyone is. Same. Yeah. And Disney own it, and they could have put that out. It's like, that's such a, a strange decision, but it's clearly... Probably, like, it's probably tied up in a license agreement somewhere. Probably, yeah, it's probably still on service. It. It'll be on Hulu or some shit, and we can't watch it. It's like, damn. Mm, yeah, so maybe it's like one of those of, oh, when the contract expires with this streaming service, they bring it over, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what's happened with all like, the Marvel shows, isn't it? Like mm. Defenders and all that bollocks. Like They only just ran out like a couple of weeks ago. Mm. But just the idea that Wanda spent all her time in Avengers Tower or on the compound just watching Malcolm in the Middle. To be fair, (laughs) that's what we've all been doing, just binge-watching series. It is, yeah. Big mood. They never explain why her hair changed colour. I don't get that. Ah, she wanted to, I suppose. Yeah, like, why does she... She goes to a red... And her accent... And I think several characters in the show, like, why is your accent changing? Yeah. And it's based on, I guess, whether she's in... TV persona mode or yeah. whether she's in Wonder mode. 
But it just it flit it flip flop way too much. Well, I guess like you know when she's in Persona TV mode, she's um she's emulating those shows right, which are all American mm-hmm. and like speaking housewife yeah. and speaking with that accent, and then it's when she's not, she flips back to the Sokovian one. I just thought they were trying to phase it out like they did with like Storm's African accent in X Men. <laughs> it did no, when... seem like that way until WandaVision because that accent hadn't really come up for a while. No. And it's just, it's a good accent because, and you know, like she loves doing it because, again, it's so fucking over the top. Yeah. Hmm. It's so over the top. I love it. I adore everything about um, that show and just how extra it is. Yeah, I adore everything about like her performance, like Elizabeth Olsen's performance as well. She just, like, they had a lot of fun with it, but also the fucking, like, the dramatic scenes, fucking heart wrenching, some of them. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, where's Vision? He's on a fucking operating table. What? It's like that guy, big villain. Now, like, while I didn't want Haywood to be like, I didn't want it's a strong word. I never thought Haywood would be like Miss Fisto or whatever. But um, it still felt a bit weird that he was just bad man in suit. Yeah. He was just a guy. Uh, I think other than the fact that we needed someone to bring the white vision in, there was just, like, very little reason for his entire character. Yeah, and I did appreciate having another little look at the snap of what happened in the immediate aftermath of it, because mm. I want just an entire show about that. I would 100% watch a show that is just centred around what fucking happened on the day it happened yeah. and then the day it didn't. Because they, mm. I, that would be an entire show. I would fucking love that. Because just that scene where she's in the hospital yeah. and everyone's panicking. I want an entire like show about that just to see like, oh, like, you know, like some one shots or something of like, oh, here's just some, a couple of just separate stories from around the world of how different people handled it. To make, but I, it's such an interesting concept and it's just mm-hmm. criminally underexplored in my opinion. So I just, uh, I, I just loaded up Carl's stream just to see how the layout's looking. And, uh, just... I, and I've just now seen Vishard and the fact that I'm stood there and every time I speak, like the, the tech, the voice indicator appears around him. I'm cracking up. Yeah. Just Vishard, man. <laughs> but I just want to know more about the snap. I need to know. Like, because it's, I guess Spider-Man did handle it pretty well. Of like, yeah, we're going to show you a localized example of how it's figured out, and then you can just kind of extrapolate from that. But it's yeah. it's so interesting to think yeah, about. Yeah, just seeing Monica Rambo come back, like, where's my mother? Like, what? What the fuck do you mean? And it's like, oh god, yeah, I would love to see a few. Um, I say just a few one shots, like five minute scenes of a, a few different characters. They got they got five years to explore, right? Um, hmm. so that's the whole thing they can do they can explore for five years worth of stuff and like actually one of the really interesting things that they only briefly touch on in Endgame is where Captain Marvel's like no this affected the entire universe like half the population hasn't just disappeared on Earth this is everywhere and it's like you hmm. know she she's in the entire galaxy sorting out stuff that's why she's not on Earth and like you know that's a whole you know, that's unlimited stories they can explore, right? So, like, you know, yep. the Kree Empire and the Scrolls just all lost half their guys as well. What does that mean? Mm. You know, is yeah. is that going to be one of the things that eventually leads to the Scrolls invading uh, Earth and leading to secret invasion? I think it will. I think, I hope so. We could do it. There's like, again, it's a super interesting concept that is just ripe to be explored, and presumably it will be. But that snapshot of it was super interesting to me because it scratches that itch of what if. Hmm. 
because it's a, a, a high concept um, or it's like a, a good what I would feel would be a good high concept film of oh yeah half the world disappears and then come back five years later well, you like, could... what the, like, oh sorry I was going to say what about like, someone on a plane what oh, yeah. if you're on a plane do you get do you come back in midair do you come back on the plane what happens to someone who like maybe if you come back on a plane then you're in a different country what happens to your bank accounts how do you get back how do you prove who you are I think all of those are wonderful questions that Disney doesn't want you to think too hard about. <laughs> because they're really difficult to answer. And that's the thing, though, but I love thinking about them. Yeah, and that's my think, problem, not theirs. I think there's a throwaway line somewhere that says, like, everybody came back as safely, like, everyone came back safe as close to where they were as possible. Yeah, they said, like, being killed from it. Could, no. could you have that line from Aunt May where she reappears in her apartment? And they'd let it out to somebody else and they thought the guy was having an affair. Because just a random woman appears and like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my house. Uh-huh. Imagine, well, just being a guy and then just suddenly Aunt May appears in your front room. Just Marissa Tomei appears in your front room. You're like, holy shit. I am. The, um, yeah. I think, like, you know, if we're going to segue into, like, maybe bad points about the show. Um, okay. That the... It was absolutely fantastic and looked amazing, except for the final episode where they clearly had not done the CGI budget properly, and like the vision fight was great, and then suddenly the the Catherine Han and um, Elizabeth Olsen fight was dog shit, and uh, it it really did annoy me that how you know after this endless possibility of magic being able to do everything, it just sat down to let's throw fireballs at each other. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of a shame. Like, magic can do anything. Look at all the cool, interesting things I do with it in this one scene mm-hmm. where I'm like, and I can only think of like you know, the fight on Titan with Doctor Strange, where you mm. see Doctor Strange using every yeah. power he has at his disposal to try and fight Thanos, and he's like making a million clones of himself. He's summoning like threads from every possible dimension. He's going to like the mirror dimension and doing shit like that. Yeah, and I will say like the fireball throw moment of like, why she keep missing shots? This is really weird. And the payoff was really cool, but I agree. Cast. The weird, just fucking Dragon Ball Z in the sky fight was just a bit of a shit way to end it. You know, and, and we they... love Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> but they could have perhaps done a better job of saying like, oh, casting runes is super difficult. Like maybe you have a throwaway line about, oh, yeah, it's really difficult to cast runes. It's like one of the most difficult spells to do. In this one room, because she, her doing it in the entire town, it's like, well, yeah, why didn't Agnes do that? Hmm. Like, clearly, obviously, it's a level of power that um, is not yeah. available to her, but they I didn't so. really make it clear how powerful Wanda is, because she seems to not be really doing that well against Agnes at all until she cheats it out. I think that's it, right? It's I think Wanda doesn't hmm. know how powerful she is, and she doesn't realize she's really made the hex until people properly spell it out to her and what she's actually done. And then it's only right at the end where, you know, obviously Agatha kind of fills the hinge, she learns about the runes and she makes them and beats her in a fight and traps her in her mind and gets the dark hold that she's like, oh no, wait, I'm really strong. Hmm. I'm stronger than Doctor Strange. He has a fucking infinity stone. Hmm. I feel like he is. It's, it's a shame he didn't have a cameo. I understand why, yeah. but I, I feel like uh, I don't know. It's not necessary. I just think it would have been nice. But um, yeah, you know, we're just going to have to wait for like num- the second film to get that payoff. Yeah. I guess. Thing like, is though, how do you be? how do you guys feel about like the fan show that's been thrown around of get Cat Dennings 
and uh, Randall Park into an MCU X Files show, solving yeah. mysteries and shit. Yeah, print it. I'm I want. I want to see that. Print it now. <laughs> yeah, I want to see oh. Randall Park, Cat Dennings traveling across in that van, just solving mysteries. Yeah, and someone's already pointed out. Yeah, that's um, Agents of Shield. No, Agents of Shield misses the mark for me because I want the X Files. Mm. I don't want an overarching conspiracy that threatens to destroy the world because that's too high stakes. I want you fighting Bigfoot in the woods. I want that level. I want the most like just street level of um, uh, threats to deal with. Fair enough. And, and I will say, like, apparently there was um, like COVID filming restraints by the end of it, but it is a shame how like throwaway their parts were at the end. Yeah. Oh god. Fuck. Oh, oh, just as well when he does fucking the close up magic. It's like what a fucking character arc. Just oh, oh, he learned it. He did it. It was fantastic. It's great. What a fucking yeah, nerd. I wish, wish, wish we had more of like him and Darcy in the end, but I, I guess I understand why, but it's a bit of a shame that Darcy's entire payoff of her character was, oh, I hit him with a car. <laughs> Just, okay. I hit him with a car. Just, you know what? I'm, what? It. I was, I'm there for that. It was good. It, it was good. It was, like, fine. I was, it was fine. You can see the, the seams of like, yeah, they were filming this during a pandemic. Mm. Like, what more do you expect? But I... It, does make me excited though, just a little bit. Speaking like just bring back to like Black Vision hmm. for Captain and for the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Because have you seen that quote from like the showrunner who said, uh, This is going to be the blackest story ever told in the MCU? Oh, Bear yeah, in mind, that, yeah. Black Panther is a movie in the MCU which stars like actual black fucking royalty. <laughs> Which makes me think that they are going to like finally deliver on that theory that fuck it, the Winter Soldier is black now. <laughs> like, he was given a blessing by the King of Future Africa. Fuck it, he's black. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Hope so. But... Well, they always called him like the Lone Wolf or Grey Wolf or something, didn't they? I think they call him the White Wolf to That's make it, it super White obvious. Wolf. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so if it's not obvious enough, the White Wolf of Wakanda. <laughs> He's gonna be the token white guy. I love it. <laughs> you know what? I'm here for it. Why not? I am. Did you ever hear that thing like Martin Freeman said when uh, him and oh god, who's Gollum? God, what's that actor's name? Oh, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. When they were on the set of Black Panther, they kept getting called the Tolkien white guys, <laughs> and he was really annoyed by it because he didn't know at all. He didn't know whether to laugh or whether it's like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. You laugh at that point, oh. surely. Yeah, I think you have to. But, uh, like, again, talking about Vision, I do think that that discussion with, like, both Visions was the perfect way to end a fight between them. Yeah. That was awesome. And nailed it. And, you know, someone's mad about it. Oh, they just talked. It's like, yeah, he's a fucking computer who wants to learn more about humanity. It's the literal point of his character. Yeah. And using, like, the ship of Theseus as, like, which Vision is Vision? Um, Are we both Vision or neither of Vision? It's like, oh, God, it was so good. And then he just looks and like, I am Vision. And he just flies away. And we're gonna get that means that vision's back now. It's great. Yeah, but uh, like different weird vision, but still, yeah. That, that's the way they want to bring him back, yeah. Like good for Black Pan uh, sorry, Black Widow. She's the only one who stays dead. Well, she's got her own movie coming, hasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, like she's the only one who stayed dead. <laughs> yeah, at some point. But I, yeah, you know, because I looked at some um uh, just initial responses to it and there are people mad that the fight oh they didn't fight so yeah they had a conversation 
of all the characters who are going to end a fight with a conversation is Vision, because that's what he does in every movie he's in. Yeah, every movie he's visions. in. <laughs> yeah, plus like they every... have like a fucking awesome fight where they get phasing into each other, a superhero oh, yeah. landing, it was great. It was but... a, enough of that fight that I needed to see, and the fact that they ended it differently from everything else was awesome. Yeah, because they realise we are literally equally matched. We are the same person. Or are we? Let's discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul Bettany man just proving like how weird is it that I had more emotional resonance to a fucking robot with a diamond in his head talking about a, a logical paradox than I've had to anything Zack Snyder's ever made. One hundred percent. Did you right. did you see the big troll Paul Bettany did in the interviews on the run up to the finale? No. No, what did he do? Oh my god, this is amazing. So um, he he kept teasing a big cameo in the final episode. Oh, is this one? Is it himself? Was, yeah, yeah, this is what I was saying earlier. And, he, and yeah. he was just like, you know, I'm I'm going to be acting alongside someone who I respect a lot. <laughs> and I've been really, really it's excited himself. to be acting alongside for a very long time. And it's just him. Himself. It's so fucking good. I love it. Yeah, that that's the ultimate fucking power play, isn't it? I'm so just happy. The actor I've always wanted to work alongside is fucking me. <laughs> just myself. I'm going to work alongside myself. Fuck you. I do what I want. <laughs> and he's clearly having so much fun in every episode that he's in. He's glad to be like he initially was not a big fan of being in the MCU. Like we did a video so about we've had that. Yeah. Where he's like, yeah, I, I didn't know what I was. Um, I kept turned up for Iron Man two for an hour read from a script, had no idea what my character was and got paid a big sack of money. And now he's like, fuck it, put me in this red makeup. <laughs> I did find the makeup really off-putting at times because sometimes he looked very matte and sometimes he looked very robotic. And I was like, what are they going for here? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's unclear what Vision is actually supposed to look like. Yeah. It's like when you watch Star Trek and Worf's head ridges move around. <laughs> it's like they, they couldn't get the makeup to be perfect every single time and it's just something you've got to overlook it is yeah oh god I would like... Like, at the end of the day this is a TV show and this is probably the best looking TV show with like fucking a shit ton of VFX I've ever seen oh yeah and just all the um, just as a, a nerd for that sort of thing seeing all the, the aspect ratio changes hmm. was really like when you look at it and go oh it's in uh, 4.3 so we're going back to TV world and then I think, I don't recall the exact scene, but I definitely want to say there's a scene, isn't it, where they like shift aspect ratio? Yes, all the time. To, yeah. to yeah. visually represent that, like, the person in the scene is realising they are not in a TV show. And it's to show them, like, visually to us, the audience. Yeah, they do it a lot. It's really good. Yeah. Like, that, oh, that's God. some meta-ass storytelling, and I really appreciate it. I think that's, you know... Every fucking element of this TV show is meta as hell. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. Like, it's super meta, and it's really, really just, um, uh, like I said, high concept. Mm-hmm. It's a real high concept, and I can't imagine anyone else getting away with something like that. No, because no, no. no one's got that big following and like build-up and stuff. And like Even some people I know who are big, big Marvel fans watch the first few episodes and were like, oh, I'm not sure about this. I don't know if I like it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, you've got to stick with it, obviously. like You, know, you need to... You need to see where they're going with this because it is Marvel at the end of the day. And I hate to say they can do no wrong because they can, but um, they know what they're doing, right? They they have like some of the yeah. best talent in the world working on this stuff. 
and just the amount of money that's been put into it and the amount of money that's riding on its success, they're not going to fuck it up. Yeah, and it's smart money as well, right? It's not like they're just throwing money to do it, like HBO and their, or Warner Brothers and their 600 billion, like, stupid Justice League. <laughs> yeah. That's, well, that's one of the, the little things that's in the real world that's made me just happy inside is seeing how desperately Zack Snyder's trying to get people hyped for a the Justice League movie and a show about a witch and a crystal-powered robot living having adventures in a 1950s high-concept TV show is so much more interesting from just every possible standpoint. From a mm. story-styling standpoint, from a technical standpoint, just from a character standpoint. Like, I care more about every character in that show. Totally, and I'm really excited to get a bit more of like the weird side in the TV films, uh, in the TV space, because obviously the films, okay, they are like you know different genres and stuff like that, but they all have to stick to like the relative, you know, loosely like Marvel formula, you want to say, and they're all constricted by a couple of hours of runtime, and I'm looking forward to what oh ten hours gives every single TV show and where they want to run with it. It's going to be a fun one. So, like, any um, uh, like thoughts on like Charlie or like the the comic aficionado amongst us? Mm-hmm. Like, what about the theories people are bandying about? Like, which ones? I just mean like um, thoughts on those. Of like, do, were people working themselves into a huff about this? Uh, I will admit I got yeah similarly. Like, look, so you know, I can sit here with twenty twenty vision and just be like, oh, well, of course you're all done. But you know. I, I was speculating too. I wanted it to be Mephisto or thinking something bigger was going on or it was going to all lead to somewhere else. And you know what? Broadly, I was right in my thing that, you know, she'll lose her kids and she'll have to go and get them somewhere. And the multiverse of madness, well, the initials of that film are mum. So that's what that film's going to be all about. Uh, and that, that's kind of where it seems to be going, right? And Wanda's going to cause all mm-hmm. the trouble for multiverse of madness and then also have to fix it with Doctor Strange. Or she'll just be the villain. Who knows? I saw some. She got nothing to lose. I saw some stuff talking about Baron Mordo as well, where you know he'll be helping her do whatever. So we'll see. They'll probably tie into each other. But I was super not mad, but I was like, when I heard the the theory was like, oh maybe there's gonna be a Magneto cameo. It's like there's a fucking Magneto cameo. <laughs> That's what I want. Yeah. Let's get Magneto in. <clears throat> when... Like all the stuff that people were throwing about were cool, but we just like speculation is fun. But you have to remember that it's pure speculation and not to get yourself like just completely hyped up for something that's not going to happen and the amount of people that did the funniest thing is when they went back at all them they were like looking for her psyche and her memories and her dad appeared on screen while it was just like three quarters of his face on the screen i was like oh my god it's michael fassbender i was like no it's not it's, it's definitely not michael. <laughs> but like you know my brain instantly went there and like made me see it and i was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> it is very funny that people are getting mad. Like, oh, this thing that I imagined didn't happen. So oh, you people imagined get it. mad about it. Come on. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. There are, yeah. It's ridiculous. I know. It's just, just why. The, it's, it's the like, internet, isn't it? Do you see that one recently? It was like some shitty comic website or one of those Twitter profiles. Like, oh, we've got a source that says this. Hmm. It's like, yeah, Adam Warlock's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And James Gunn retweeted it saying, no, he's not. <laughs> and the the Twitter account went, well, 
we believe our source, but we are aware that James Gunn has disputed it. So we think both may be true. It's like, he's the director writing the, f- and he's the director and the writer, he knows. It's mm. like, well, they both might be right. It's like, for fuck's sake. Like, they, they, did an, uh, they did an air quotes Adam Warlock setup at the end of number two, didn't they? With um, the yeah. golden woman and like the cocoon. And everybody thought that was what's going to like kick off the whole Infinity War, which is because that's what happens in the comics. But they didn't. And, um, you know, maybe he will be in it, maybe in, maybe he won't. And, you know, at the same time, James Gunn is well within his rights to just say, you're wrong, only for it to be right, and vice versa. So, yeah. like, it, I'm, I'm so over speculation now. Like, other than, like, yeah. the week-to-week fun stuff, which, you know, you, you, it's part mm-hmm. of the conversation. Friends, yeah. yeah, I'm just so over everything being speculated. It's just boring. Nice yeah, it was fun to have the conversations with the missus and like with you guys privately about mm-hmm. this sort of thing. But then just seeing the the amount of people who work themselves into a frenzy over stuff that hasn't happened. Mm, totally, yeah. And it's like, oh my god, like they did they didn't bring you know fucking mutants into the MCU through a TV show. How fucking dare they? It's like, okay, they like there was a bit of fun th- fan theory, but whatever. I'm sure they'll do I- it at some point. I feel like they have, though. Like, that line of it changed your DNA. I mean, ah. but, like, obviously they could have, like, they've sown some seeds that may or may not come to fruition, but... Which is the best way to you do know, it. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, I I don't know if they're wanting to put something so, so massive into the TV shows. I don't but, know. But if that's all they can release at the moment, it's a good, good place as any. Like, they yeah. can't release a movie. Well, they don't want to. So they've got the TV show. They might as well do it through there. But yeah, I feel like we've got like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge on the mutants, especially like with the Evan Peters thing. My uh, my favorite theory I saw that made me just go, guys, come on, really, you're grasping at straws now. Was um, you know, Jimmy Woo's character, uh, Jimmy Woo, who's like going in, and um, the reason he's in Westview is because he's visiting witness someone who's in witness protection. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's like, oh my god, no, Ralph Boner's going to be in witness protection. It's a fake name. That's why it's so silly. And he's actually going to be a mutant who's stuck there and stranded there because he's on witness protection because he's from the multiverse. And it's like, just just chill out, guys. Like, But like his quote-unquote job as a witness protection was trying to be an actor. Exactly. That's not what it's people cover, in witness protection do. He had a headshot. Yeah, it's just that's like, the ultimate um, uh, cover, though, isn't it? It is. <laughs> but it's just people grasping at straws. It's like, come on, chill yeah. out, chill out. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Just, just enjoy the TV show. It's fun to think about. Like, don't whip yourself into a frenzy and then get mad that your weird made-up thing in your head didn't come true. Yeah. But yeah. Just overall, good show. Oh, fantastic show. Yeah, totally. And I think it, oh, like overall holds up as well as an MCU movie does, yeah. for sure. And it shows that there is still life. There's still blood in this stone. Oh, there's, 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 this... you know, they can bleed forever on this thing because they've got so much to draw upon. And we're, have, yeah. and we're only just kind of hitting that age of comic storylines now that would be considered, like, contemporary, almost. Mm. And even then, it's maybe even pre-contemporary. And it's like, all that is still there to draw on. <clears throat> there's so yeah, much they haven't done yet yeah but i was um because i think like a lot of people when we had that break from the mcu just due to the pandemic it's like is this going to be the end of it because it was something carried almost by sheer momentum by the end of it and then like we've got end game and then the span it's like can they keep this up and i feel like they're gonna be able to like, build it all up again with just like these not smaller scale because like the tv shows are by no means small 
Because yeah. he's like, they're fucking massive, but like these, they are telling smaller stories in a wider universe and I'm still interested and invested in them. And I'm yeah. still invested in characters that weren't fully fleshed out or explored in the movies that they come from. Exactly. Yeah, it's really hard to give Scarlet Witch much screen time during her endgame. But now that we get screen time with her, you realise how much you fucking love her and how awesome she is. And they can do that with any other character in any other film. Mm-hmm. And I will be 100% on board. Mm-hmm. And they've got literal decades of storylines to pull from. Yeah. And also they keep hiring good actors. I'm good yeah, at it. They, uh, they hire really good actors for the most part. And I just want to point out as well, like, on my stream, mm-hmm. I've had just a picture of like Scarlet Witch Widow. Yes. On like, you know, in the middle between me and Carl, I want to point out how fucking good is that costume. It's great. Oh, it's great. I kind of wish she stuck with the um, the Halloween one, though. I prefer that. The Sokovian <laughs> Witch. Yeah, that was good. The, yeah. Just because it looks stupid and that they, they oh, what, what's Vision is a luchador. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. What fucking amazing. And then he's wearing like the old dumb costumes. Like, you knew they had to do it, but I'm glad that they did. Yeah. So glad they did it. Because they always yeah. have to put those uh, references to the original costumes in there. But you look at that original Scarlet Witch outfit and go, that looks so stupid. How are they ever going to make an outfit like the work in the MCU? And they, they did it. One word, Lucas. 100%. Leather. That's all you need. Leather. Anything that's modern is just leather. It's just coloured leather. I'm fucking down for it. That, that suit is amazing. And when she's like just exploding with this, this red sex energy, what are you going to do? <laughs> you don't gonna, you're not have a chance to criticise it. You just rewrite all of reality to say that you've actually complimented her. <laughs> but I feel like, you know, we've talked a good long while about one of it. Good show. Recommended. And I guess, oh, like, we'll move on to Q&A from our audiences, Lucas. So we'll oh, give yeah. people just, like, a couple of minutes to, like, you know, any, any questions they've had percolating in the mind to do those. And in the meantime, Luke, you got anything you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah, I will do, you know, my usual podcast plug of you can find me on Twitch or YouTube doing gaming things at Legend of Kanto. And then Charlie, have you got anything you want to plug? Uh, your butthole. Way, what a... <laughs> you know what, that's the best plug I've ever heard. <laughs> well, so you, you work in an industry where you can't... Um, uh, I, I asked this before, didn't I? Do you have NDAs that you've signed? I have, you I have NDA'd up to my fucking eyeballs, mate. I know, yeah. I know things that aren't coming out in my industry for three years. <laughs> uh, okay. And it's just you don't want to deal with the questions of it. So I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> so I fully respect that. Because uh, fans of what I like are rabid and fair play to them. I am as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. That's why you work for them. Yeah. Charlie works in the book plug industry, everyone. There is some <laughs> fucking tech. Why do you think I said, there's there's some there's, shit think I said they're not coming out for three years? Coming out of me <laughs> is sucking there. <laughs> that. There is some book plug technology people haven't even. Like shapes you wouldn't even imagine. <laughs> So like there are orifices, ways you can explore orifices like you wouldn't even believe. The no-decker butt plug, it's all about that. that. That's the one. I'm waiting for the rumbler, mate. That's the one I want. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, my plug is just, yeah, my uh, uh, my channel's at Cal Smallwood on everything. And if, if you find someone who's not me, congratulate them on being more successful than I am because they've fucking earned it at this point. <laughs> oh, oh <my> God. God. <laughs> fucking butt plug technology. It's, it's coming. It's making sure. That's the thing, though. The thing is that that's, it's not that it's coming, it's that you will when it arrives. Oh, there yeah, it is. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so Lucas, you got any? Uh, as usual, it's like we flip between both of our chats for the the questions. So, Lucas, any questions in your chat coming through? Or any that you've noticed uh, or held on to? 
No, no, there's there's not really been any questions in my chat, other than like somebody who came in at the start, you know, when we're just doing a podcast mm-hmm. and went, oh, uh, do they interact with chat? Oh, I guess not, and immediately left. I love people like uh, that. I love that, but yeah. They're my favourite people, uh, closely followed by people who come into streams and say, what's going on here? In a stream where you have a description of what's going on and the title, and then a section that's below that just says, um, here's what we're doing. Insanity. And, um, it is, but yeah, someone just came into my chat and just said, um, like, they were talking about, you know, only just seeing us live and whatnot, but just generally favourite Marvel MCU costume. Ooh, costume. Uh, the first Iron Man one. Ooh. That is because it's it looks so fucking good. And it's like that was you know just the keystone for that entire universe, and they fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. That Iron Man suit looks so good. It's the best one. Every revision of it looks worse because it's every time it's just been more and more CGI. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So how about you, Lucas? Um, for me, it's. Well, it's got to be one of the Spider-Men. I love both of the Homecoming suits. Like, I love the Stark suit, and I also just love the stupid homemade suit with, like, the goggles on his eyes. Looks <laughs> like a dumbass. How about you, Charlie? Favourite costume in the MCU? Um, I think my favourite costume in the MCU is in Endgame where Thor is still chunky and he activates his powers and he's dual wielding <laughs> the uh, the axe and Mjolnir. And because he's got like, his beard suddenly becomes braided when the lightning hits him. And like yeah, his man. entire costume is changed. He looks like a fucking beast mode. Just <laughs> yeah. looks like a guy at Comic-Con. He's like, I want to fuck you up. I love that one. Yeah, his braids and his hair were great. This is the little moments leading up to that scene as well. Like the, the one that I didn't catch to like a second view in. Oh, when he calls down the lightning, you see it hitting Captain America because he's also worthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, fucking kicking ass. All right, let's have a look. God, like, how good is that moment, though? Like, when he finally is... picks it up. Like, the, the entire cinema was, if you pardon the pun, fucking electric when that happened. It was, yeah. I think it's the only time in a British cinema I've ever experienced everybody making noise. Yeah. Generally so... speaking, like, not it's not like an American cinema where everyone's constantly cheering. Like, Generally speaking, it's silent, but everyone watching it, like the midnight viewing, was just like, yeah. Yeah, I, I went to. I wasn't there at midnight, but I was there like the day of in the evening in the yeah. in the huge IMAX in London, and it was just like reactions, cheering. It was fantastic, and like me and my friends were all big like comic nerds anyway, who I saw it with, and like we were all throughout the entire thing were just elated at how incredible it was. Yeah, it's like what the culmination of just a ten years of storyline. Yeah, and and even like, and even then, one of the best moments was still Professor Hulk walking up to uh, Paul Rudd and just giving him the taco. <laughs> <laughs> just little moments like that. Just a little moment, just like stuff like I would watch an entire TV. I, there's so many little moments in the MCU. I'd look and go, I would watch a TV show entirely about this. I'd watch that shawarma scene as like a fucking TV episode. Yeah, I'd watch that 100 mm. percent because I like the characters. Yeah, and it's like it's a testament to like the strength of like the casting and the, just the writing that every character in that show is one that I want to see. Which brings us to a question here: uh, a lot of minor villains and heroes are getting TV shows and movies. Who do we want to see get their own TV show? So what, like minor character from the MCU? Who I mean, like what? Who fucking hasn't already got their TV show? Right, like mm. so many. I've already said mine. 
I've said mine, it'd be just, I want a slice of life show, just pinpointing um, various parts of the world when the snap happened and then when um, the second one did. Hmm. Now that'd be mine. Just to see like how the world reacted to that sort of thing. Or like I said, um, just more of Jimmy Woo. <laughs> You know what? I want Daredevil season four because, uh, despite <laughs> it all, the, the three seasons of Daredevil are great. Like, they are. and that, oh, that first season of Daredevil is such good TV to the point where, like, you know, they were like hour long episodes, right? And mm-hmm. I was like watching the first few over like a couple of days, and then I just got really, really into it. And I watched episodes six through 13 in one sitting and finished it at 4 a.m. Like, this is the best. Like Charlie Cox is like he owned that fucking role, and just as well, just the chore- the choreography and just like the design of a suit. This like that's one of the strongest like costumes. Oh my in god! The MCU, you, speaking of which, did you see that game like tangential? But did you see that game that was announced on State of Play that was just Daredevil Corridor Fight? I did see that. Like the Sifu was it? <laughs> yeah, Sifu. It's just Daredevil yeah. Corridor Fight. It's great. Yeah, let's do just beat up bikers with chains on your fists. <laughs> like what a hero! So like, what are you going to do, Daredevil? Well, I'm going to go to this corridor and beat up bikers in the dark for four hours. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm doing that. That's my afternoon sorted. I'm going to beat up bikers with chain fists. Yeah, it would be nice to cherry pick parts of that Defenders Netflix universe and just get, like, the Daredevil. It's getting shit-canned. Get, get, like, you know, um, I can't even remember his name now, but get the Punisher in as well, but... They can yeah. bring them back in the multiverse, but they're all getting shit canned. They're not making any of that shit canon. Like too much stuff happens in that'd be difficult to explain if they introduce the mainline continuity. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I've been watching like Agents of Shield, and every other episode is a world-changing event that happens off screen. Like a <laughs> fucking alien. Like aliens just rock up in one episode. Yeah. It's like there's just aliens everywhere on Earth yeah. forever. It's like what? Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> It's like you can't just casually hand wave that away. Then again, they hand waved half the universe coming back. They have, and we completely yeah. bought it. So maybe they yeah. could. True. What about, about your chat, Luke? Any more questions? Um, not people particularly, be, no. Oh, people oh, being maybe. quiet. Perfect. In which case, that means we can end. Yeah. People, people are letting us leave. Oh, that. <laughs> so, so nice of people. Excellent. Okay. In which case, then we can just uh, close off now. Yeah, we watched Wonder Woman. It's great. We watched yeah. it. It's happened. I presume everybody that's either like listening to this later or watching right now has watched it. So yeah, thank you know it, it was great, and I hope everyone agrees. Yeah, that's that's that is one good ass TV show. It really was. Also, fucking Paul Bettany, what a legend. <laughs>